Pickaxe. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Oh, 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 oh. Howdy, nice. Bard. Ah. Very nice. That's all we do. We just sit That's on a it. sofa yeah. for an hour. Just relax. Yeah. How are you guys all doing this morning? They're doing woo. Are you sitting comfortably? <laughs> okay. So I've got this book that I wrote, um, and the idea was that I was going to read some of it to you guys. I don't know how, how you guys feel about that. Good. You can why, are, why are your faces all purple? <laughs> Look at they all have purple faces. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But it was a cosplay thing. It's not just a yeah. flux. Flux. Dildonians. Dildonians. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They they do feature. Are yeah. they purple? Are they purple? Well, it depends what color of dildonian. I think the is. best dildos are always purple, aren't they? <laughs> I guess. And so. And they glow in the dark. I hadn't too. considered what color scheme the dildonians have gone for. Yeah, yeah. Do they have a cast system? That could be in a sequel. We might have a, a delve into the the deep dark, world a deep, of the, deep the lore dive into the Dildonians. You have like the simple grunt works at the bottom. You know, just the simple like the drone, the drones, and then you have like they go up to the very complicated, the vibrating like, Dildonians, <laughs> grunting Dildonians, vibrating Dildonians. I guess you get like the those big machines, like the fucking Bronco ones and stuff. Those aren't for that. <laughs> Are they not? You've seen those at a bar and you've thought, wow, that's the biggest dildo I've ever seen. I thought that was, a, yeah, I thought that was a, for that. <laughs> yeah, the grinding. Grinds I think on they it. are. They grind. <coughs> you guys want to hear some of this? Do you want to start already? Wow. Well, what don't read too much of it. Be going so we, what, are we, what are we going to do? Nobody what will buy it do? if you read the whole thing. You just want to chill? Well, no, we we'll read some of it. We can start. Read your favorite excerpt to start. Well, no, I was going to read a bit from the start of this one chapter that hasn't gone out yet. Okay. Because I thought, you know... It's new. Yeah, don't content. read the old chapters. Everybody excited. says those. Don't get too excited, okay? Yeah, please don't get too excited. You guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to? Do, do we need to set the scene? Do we need to like give anything background, or do we just launch in? Um, maybe a little bit. They're they're coming up. The crew of the Disco Valencia are coming up with a plan. That's the setup. Okay. Right. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm in. That was enough of a build up for me. Fully invested. Do you want to describe the Bodega universe a bit, just to like set the scene of like where we are? Like, I want to know. So like, this is after all the inc- all the stuff that we did. No, I don't want to know story stuff. I just want to know like the universe. Like what? Where? You want me to describe the universe? Yes. Like the world. What well, a bit of world building, just for just for my head head cannon. Okay. Like, like, like where are we? Like, what year is it? Oh, I don't know. For, okay. I haven't thought about that. But 
future. Or it's the future. Very distant past. No, no, it's the future. Okay. Earth was a thing. It still is a thing. I mentioned it a couple of times, I think. Okay. So Earth is a thing. So this is like the future, and we've all met up with all these other. There is actually a bit in the bit I'm going to read that explains some of that stuff. Okay, oh, well, I don't know why I bothered. Literally, the hey. next page. Just wasted all of your time. Well, so, so, could, so do people have faster than light travel? And they, if, if you literally wait, right? Two fuck pages, me. <laughs> it's just like reading the stories to my kids. It's unbelievable. All right, you ready? Yep. All right. So this chapter is called Zero One. They stopped being numbered sequentially a long time ago. Just got to get comfy here. All right. Yeah, Shall we take our shoes <clears> off? <throat> yeah, get into your bodega listening. Just go, take, just go get comfy. I have to close my eyes when I listen to these. Yeah, that's because yeah, you're going too. to sleep. When we used Let's to do, do this on the podcast, I used to just fully recline and get right into the zone. Okay, okay go. Ready? ready? Yeah, and if he yeah. snored, we had to cut it out. That's some model you got there, Neb, said Bodega, wearing only his space underpants, hands on hips, as he surveyed the vast diorama Nebish had constructed in the cargo bay of the Disco Volante. So much detail. So much accuracy. It looked like the work of Pilforian ants rather than the work of a single man. Okay. Pilforian ants. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Thanks. It's taken me around three months to complete it, said Nebish, but it's finally done. I want a meeting at noon. I'll tell you the plan. Okay, well, that's lunchtime is the only problem, said Bodega, rubbing his stomach. Can you, Bodega interrupted with a simple raised palm. If you're asking me and Rab to skip or postpone lunch, you're out of your gork darn mind. Fine, we'll make the meeting 1 p.m.? Cutting it pretty close, said Bodega, scowling. Two? Uh, three? That's fine, see you then. Nebish sighed. He'd agreed to this rescue of Tamira, and somehow, for three years, despite working more or less alone on the entire planning stage, he'd maintained his focus. So just to let you guys remind you of who Tamira is. Can we just butt in at any time? Of course. Are there pictures in the book at all? No. Man. <laughs> Not even one? No. Damn. There's one on the front. Well, yeah, I know, but like... I don't know. The way a book works is you put the pictures in your mind. What about like a map? You know, like in the Lord of the Rings books, there's, there's no map. Book. What the hell? Well, he was only dealing with Middle Earth. I mean, how do you draw a map of a universe? Or a galaxy, really? Yeah. You could, Lots yeah. of dots, exactly. That's go. the best you could come up with. Just some dots. And then when the stars move, you've got to release a new edition with the adjusted star yeah. positions. Yeah. <clears throat> well, why Maybe don't you for do later. That? Maybe you do the map. Okay, I'll do the map. We could whip up a map. We could whip up a map. You took your shoes off. Yeah, he's relaxed. <laughs> Jeez. Gee whiz. Gee whiz. Anyway, sorry. That's all right. So Tamira was um, a one of the, a woman in an earlier chapter. I think it was. Uh, let me see which chapter was it. They well, met what, in was a, his, um, what was his uh, girlfriend's name again? Majesta. That's right. He's got a lot of... It's know, been a while. A lot of ladies interested in Bodega. The last time you read these to us was... Years. Yeah, it's been a while. Literal years. So yeah. it was way back in chapter... Uh, 20. So What's that in Spanish? No, this was when we stopped doing Spanish because we didn't know <laughs> oh, right. the numbers anymore. <laughs> what did we get up to? Ocho and then nothing else. Yeah, we were just like, uh, let's just go to numbers. <laughs> we forgot. About 20 Eno. Yeah, we get as far as... <laughs> 20 Eno. Part... I've, it says quince, but I guess that's right. Kinthe. That's 15. And then we were like, mm, 16. 
Good. Okay. So, yeah. So Tamira was way back there, and she kind of is a spy. Do you remember? And they met in a bar. Do, you, do I need to refresh your memory? Yeah. Oh, yes. Tamira sat back to the wall in the darkest corner. This is a completely different chapter, uh, as she had been trained. The Wallop, which was the name of the bar, was a bar like few others. Right. Your, does this ring any bells? None. Yeah, yeah. Instead of paying an entry charge, customers were expected to show a life insurance policy at the door, and right. those without weapons were turned away. She'd calculated her chances of making it out of this pit unharmed at around 40%, and death itself was around a 5% likelihood. Okay, Still, I, I, this is starting to ring a... Still, for a chance to meet with Bodega, she the odds were in her favor. Yeah, Yeah. it goes on, and uh, eventually, I think, they get captured by the forces of Krem Slumdump. There's like an attack fleet comes in, Bodega gets glued, loads of glue, he shouts at her to run away, and then there's some stuff that covers what happened to her that I don't want to give away. So what do, you, what do you call the Bodega universe? Is it... The Bodegaverse. The Bodegaverse. Yeah. Okay, good. It says it right there on the cover. The Bodegaverse. The Bodegaverse. I like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. So Nebish has been maintaining his focus. And it says probably because he fancied the pants off of Tamira, even if she almost certainly felt nothing for him in return beyond friendship. And that was fine. She was still notionally a member of their crew. <laughs> even if only loosely. As a friend of Bodega's, she was considered non-expendable, and friends were never left behind. Never. Don't worry, Tamira, we're coming, Nebish said, as he adjusted the tiny brim on the tiny hat on the tiny Bodega model with a tiny pair of tweezers. As models of alien worlds go, it really was some work of art. Sadly for Nebish, the craft and detail would almost certainly be totally underappreciated by his compadres. So he's built like a big model to explain the plan. Yeah. Yeah? After Bodega and Rab's usual vast (laughs) and sprawling lunch, the rest of the crew assembled around the cargo bay on plastic folding chairs. Bodega, Rab, Varu. Do you remember who Varu was? Big robot? Yes. And even Reed, who had taken a sabbatical from work specifically for this job. Nebish stood before them, laser pointer in hand. You right? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm okay. I'm excited. Yeah. It's like... It's, you don't have to be. No, it's fine. That's fine. I'm gripped. Okay. You've read this. I know, and I can't remember this bit. <laughs> I was mostly doing grammar checking. It's true. He was mainly checking for grammar spelling. Guys, this is it. This is without doubt the biggest, most complex job we've ever attempted. There's a chance one or more of us will not survive, although I've done everything I can to minimize that risk. There's also an extremely good chance we'll learn the location of Tamira and be able to rescue her, assuming she's still alive three years down the line. There's also, of course, the possibility that we will become wealthy beyond our wildest dreams. Now, said Nebish, we finished off that last part in a rushed near mumble before returning to the diorama. Explain that part again, said Reed, piping up suddenly. The money part, sighed Neb, turning back. He'd hoped that the entire focus of the presentation would not be the money part. Once they got into the money part, they'd start talking about nothing else. Yes, replied Reed, shifting slightly in his seat. Not that my entire interest in this little caper stems from the promise of money, but it is nonetheless intriguing. Well, I'll come to that part in due time, Reed, I assure you. Fine, let me know when you get to that bit, said Reed, as he leant back in his chair and appeared in all honesty to be trying to go to sleep. A bit like Sips. <laughs> Nebish sighed again. Now I've got to do the rab voice, which is tough, because I'm bad at doing it. Hold on, pal, said Rab quickly. <laughs> These robots don't need money, eh? So, how are we going to get rich? As I said, I'll come to that bit, and you'll all know when I come to that bit, okay? Aye, go on then. 
This, he began wearily, using his vidscreen projector to generate a large holographic panorama in midair, is the planet Zero One. It is a machine world. Spinning before them, they saw the holographic projection of a steel-gray planet that looked more like a ball bearing than a habitable world. Uh, it had deep scratches that ran in perfectly straight lines on sections of it, mainly around the equator, but for the most part it was smooth and featureless. No water, no climate visible. It was like God had lost his most boring marble. A long time ago, computers were tasked with running everyday life for most beings in the galaxy. New advances in artificial intelligence, driven forward at speed by the exchange of ideas during the great conglomeration of worlds. Asterisk footnote. Now this is what you were asking about. There's loads of footnotes because I, I just wanted to put a footnote. I love footnotes. I love footnotes. I love footnotes. Yeah, sure. All right, so this is, this is, you might get this reference. The great conglomeration of worlds was one of the more surprising and beneficial developments that had come about when humanity finally ventured out into the stars. Upon meeting their first alien race, it turned out that they too had only just developed faster than light travel, and that all the other races they met had similarly advanced only to this exact stage. All their pending scientific advances also seemed to be moving forward at similar rates in fields such as new forms of propulsion, weaponry, social structure, farming or mining techniques, and so on. So I might point out at this point, I was playing a lot of Stellaris. <laughs> yeah. Each of the races seemed to have almost a roadmap laid out before them, and some felt that this roadmap was almost certainly going to lead them to a massive space war. It was such a baffling and weird state of affairs that the many races got together and formed the Galactic Council and agreed that something really, really strange was going on, so they should definitely not have a massive space war, and that they should just all come together as one and be as chill as possible. The resolution passed unanimously, barring one single planet, Earth. Still, one versus everyone <clears throat> was never going to work, so Earth was bound by the galactic law. Expressing outrage at this situation kept a few Earth politicians in jobs, since they could point to the Galactic Council and remind everyone that, yeah, they were bound by it, but they voted against it, so it wasn't their fault. <laughs> Wars were still fought, of course. Beings will be beings, after all. But there had yet to be that one god-awful space war that results in the death of trillions and the dawn of a terrible new age. Still, there's always a chance of a sequel if this book does okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, the end of the book, not to like spoil it, I guess it's left open so that you can make sequels and expand on the bodega-verse, right? Yeah, of course. Jeez, I'm not stupid. Do you want to do... Um, would you ever be interested in doing a crossover with the Wackaverse? Or... The Wackaverse? Yeah. Explain. Well, I, I have a character called Peter Pennywhacker. Oh, yeah. And he would fit in perfectly to some of this. Describe story. him to me. He's... Well, conveniently, Sips has the new book. Yes. <laughs> it's right. No, I, I don't. I, I, I made him in FIFA, um, I remember the feet yeah, he had yeah. a big golden fro. Yes, and yes. He looked like he was—he looked like a leather handbag um, with a golden fro. So, what would be his role in the Bodega verse? I don't know. Friend of Bodega, enemy, or just a guy he bumps either, into? Either, both. Think about it, anyway. So he's lived. Is this the, is the same guy? He's lived into the future. Yeah. Still playing football. Yeah. He can, he can time travel easily, so it's fine. So he's an immortal time-traveling footballer. Yeah. He's got his own theme park and everything. Like, What's the theme park called? Jeff Land. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> Don't know what I was thinking. 
Anyway, think about it. I know, If no. you want to do Absolutely. We you could do Call it. my people. And I'll call your people, people, yeah. Crossovers do great. They do, yeah. Do they? In all cases? Yeah. Uh, Marvel versus Capcom. Three. Great crossover. Worked yeah, out okay. pretty good. Alien versus Predator. Alien versus Predator. Was it good? Really good one. Um, uh, when the uh, remember like, Batman versus Superman. Batman versus Superman. That was a really good one too. You're really selling this. Yeah. Really. Uh, remember how they had the original Cosby Show, and then they had like the um, the one with the daughter in it, and then there was like the new Cosby Show. That right, we nice literally spoke about this on the old? previous podcast like, i'm not even kidding really yes like 99.9 i think it was it might have been the one before. that's kind of a crossover sort of but i guess no, it was just characters from that show going off to different things we, we even talked about it It was called a different world i think and oh, they go yeah. off to college do you remember I and then i talked yeah. about all the spin-offs from happy days sorry it's all right I mean, normally we wait like 10 or 12 episodes before we forget something but now it's getting episode to episode i know i can't remember Man. It's my fault, I'm sorry. I'm getting old. I heard there was a thing uh, happened in your bath. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, give us an update on that. Well, I, I gotta replace the plug. It's, it doesn't work. <laughs> it's stuck all the time. Can you, you gotta keep that plug now, though. Yeah, I know. It's a piece yeah. of, you could sell it probably at the yeah. yog store. Yog store. Plug that doesn't work. Maybe next time we have a YogCon, they have that display case of artifacts. I'll yeah. bring it in and we can put it. My bath plug in there, yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. Think about it anyway. No, I, think I'll think about it. I'll get in touch with your people and we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah. Do it. Good. Crossover. Anyway, sorry. Carry on. Please, sorry. I knew this would be like yeah. this. Like, I wanted I like, I like, I like the footnotes. And also, I like... The reason I like Bodega, I guess, is because it's full of... Feels a lot like Terry Pratchett, you know, in a sense. Like, would, would you, is that a big inspiration of like? I've read, I've read some of his stuff. When I was younger, I read a lot of his stuff. Yeah. But that, that, that footnote, for example, does remind me. Of, yeah, that's exactly the kind Terry of Pratchett bit where it's yeah. a kind of something you just want to do a little bit of world building and make a f- couple of funny jokes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just works nicely in that format. I like that. Um, I love them. And I like, um, I like the little kind of the little just jokes that aren't like just big laughs. Like it's a, it's a classic thing, like in the Hitchhiker's Guide and things like this. Like it's full. Of little jokes as it goes. I mean, it's not. Yeah. But that's the kind of world building I like. Little, you know, rather than obvious stuff, it's just tucked away. Yeah, and absolutely. No. So I like. That's what. Anyway, I'm just, just giving you compliments for no reason. <laughs> you uh, never do that. I know. Just think about it anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, is, uh, is this book going to be available in any other format other than just like a paperback book? Like, are you going to do a hardcover, like limited edition? Well, I, I was talking to Mike and, and, and uh, Harry and Keith about that, and I don't know if it's worth doing a hardback. Come on, why not? We were thinking of doing a different printing on different Well, I think it paper. looks like a modern self-printed book, which yeah, it is. And, it wants, and it wants to look like an 80s... That's what I said. Thing. It should be little and dusty and... And fat. Know, fat yeah. and thick. Yeah. So we'll probably reprint it like that, maybe. Cool. What but about, yeah, we'll do an audio. Well, are you going to have it like on the Kindle and, and stuff? Like, I don't know how to do that, so I have no idea. I can do it for you. Really? I can't. I'm just... No, kidding. I was going to say. <laughs> uh, now, what about... Is there going to be like an audio book? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Narrated by you? Yes. I mean, okay. who else am I going to get to do it? We're gonna, I think we're going to see if we can get like a studio near where he lives and you can just go there for the day and 
reading too much. I'm not going to join. I'm not going to go down. No, I mean, no, no, I'm not going to get you guys in because no. it would just be like this. People would be like, "This is the worst audio book ever." Because three pages in, and now they're talking about bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. So I was just going to read it, and I guess we'll put it on the okay the cool. internet. Nice. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. fun. It's a fun thing to do. You don't want us in the background just laughing while you're reading and stuff? We could do a director's cut. Yeah. Where you guys have to listen to it. And by the end of it, you're just really annoyed. It's like, like snoring. Yeah. Like a 32-hour-long director's cut. Of <laughs> you sleeping. Yeah. And you wake up and it's still going. Uh, yeah. That'd be yeah. good. I'd be up for that. Nice. How Exciting. Take, how long would it take to read the whole thing cover to cover? I think the average book is about eight to ten hours. Damn. Three. So two minutes fifty. How long could you talk for? Eight to ten hours. Okay. I don't know, I could give it a go. You take breaks, right? Yeah, I don't know what the I don't think I'd do it in one session. What if you're like like um, you know, really like amped up for like an hour and you're reading it with like a lot of passion and energy and stuff, and then you go off and you have like a two hour break and like a siesta and you drink a bit and stuff and you come back and your energy levels aren't the same and your tone is different. Exactly. How do you? How are you going to do? Achieve consistency? I don't know. Right. Okay. I hadn't thought about it. No, we haven't really thought about this. Are you thinking you'd want to hire someone to read the book? No, like a professional. Will? No, I'm just curious. Like I've never. I've never done I've it. I've never known anybody who's done anything like this before. Me neither. Let's get Stephen Fry up with this. Stephen Fry. Yeah. I don't think we can afford Stephen Fry. Uh, Lewis can. I don't think I can afford Stephen Fry. See what I can do. Okay. Do you want to hear some more? Sure. Okay. No. Which is the scene for the next 25 <laughs> minutes. Of course. <laughs> so I'm just trying to find where I was. Oh, yeah. New advances in artificial intelligence driven forward at speed by the exchange of ideas during the great conglomeration of worlds. That was the footnote bit we talked about. Footnote. Right. Yeah. Meant that sentient beings no longer needed to handle most day-to-day -day tasks. Anything you could do with your hands or your mind could be done by machine. Leisure became the de facto job of everyone in the galaxy on a developed world. Ain't no way I'm letting some machine fly the disc over landy, that's for sure, said Bodega, leaning back in his chair and grinning. In the cockpit, the thankfully unintelligent autopilot unit was unable to process this terrible and hugely unfair insult. <laughs> Nebish continued. After AI got dangerously good at its job, people started getting bored. Without the purpose afforded to them by a job, even a menial and pointless one, people started to drink more, take drugs more, and to fight more, first among themselves. Later among the different races, new and powerful anti-machine political groups formed. Religious groups quickly amended their hot takes on their race's particular ancient holy scripture to reflect the change in public opinion. And the Lord spake and said, Lo, computers are really bad. You get the idea. In order to head off catastrophe, the GC decreed that artificial intelligence should never again be permitted to get within half the mental capacity of sentient beings. In other words, Varu is only half as smart as me, I said Rab, perking up noticeably. Technically, yes, assuming you're at least half as smart as the average for your species, Rab. Aye, that sounds about right, I'd see, said Rab, who leant back in his chair alongside Bodega, but who underestimated how much he'd eaten for lunch and toppled over backwards into a heap. Varu turned to him, the robot's great chrome head expressionless as ever. Had the Galactic Count... You made me do this voice. <laughs> Had the Galactic Council allowed it, my humor circuit would currently be overloaded, as would my I told you so programming. 
Sadly, your species is too weak-willed to permit this, said Varu. Since AI was now banned galaxy-wide, this left the GC with a problem. They had sworn to protect almost all life that was intelligent and wasn't delicious. Computer programs aren't edible, but the AI ones were certainly intelligent. Smarter than people, in fact. So it was decided the machines would get their own world. And that's all one? asked Bodega. No, said Nebish. The machines were to be given a brand new world, colonized for them by Galactic Council member planets, and kept secret as a sort of surprise. Naturally, the machines had learned of its construction and had a vast simulated eye-rolling upon reading the plans and laughing amongst themselves. It was, frankly, all wrong. Luckily, the machines had successfully predicted where the political winds were blowing and had been constructing their own world in secret for several years. So that's all one, said Bodega firmly, yet somehow still uncertainly. Precisely, said Nebish. Bodega grinned and leaned back perilously further in his chair. There is no inherent planetary atmosphere, no water, no clouds, no wind. Down here on the surface is nothing but machinery. Computers stacked up in arrays miles high, each containing millions of artificial intelligence beings living out whatever lives they lead and whatever virtual worlds they've constructed for themselves. All connected via the frankly dizzying network that snakes around the entire planet. A planet that's nothing but computers, said Reed, shaking his head. What about power? We're not sure. Nobody knows exactly what powers this mammoth sea of electronics. And I, I don't want to really read too much more because it... Man, you know who she, you should get to read this? The guy that read the quotes yesterday at the pub. The actor? Quiz. Yeah, yeah. He would be great. Fucking good, right? Like, jeez, that would be great. What was that guy's name, the actor? I don't know. I don't know. Some... I don't know. <laughs> Him. That, that guy. guy. I'll have my people call his people. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Oh my gosh. So is that is that, is that all we getting? Yeah, I think so. We okay. got some questions. They're a random applause. Yeah, you don't want to spoil it too much. Oh no, you've left me. You left me wanting more. Well, that's the way you, you sell books. You're supposed you to do. You picked a. So do you pick? You pick a good chapter that was not 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 necessarily like attached to anything. Yeah, like no, that. I didn't want to give too much away. No, it feels like, like one happened. of those sample chapters that you'd see at like the end of. That's such a kind comment. Yeah, it's nice. It feels like a sample chapter, <laughs> like a lipsumorum or whatever it's called. No, lorem ipsum. <laughs> like like at the end of some books, you get like a sample chapter. Oh right, this book to give you a flavour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you read it and it's like, oh, ah, now nah, I'm alright. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for, for people to get their hands on it and see what they think. Have people got it yet? When's it come? When the seventh, I think. Unfortunately, it was meant to be out on the 29th, but well, were people mission. able to pre-order the book? Yeah. Okay. Who who's done that? Anybody? Oh. Three people. Okay. Like a three people. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's, that's more than three. Yeah. More I know. Than I can sell joking. a book too. So I'm only joking. Some of them were putting their hands down during the reading. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> can't it away. <laughs> oh my god! All right, we can do questions, I guess. If yeah, we got some. If you guys, got a, you have there's a mic around, right? There's a mic around. There it is. So questions. If you, okay. If you have a question that you want to ask us, stick your Just hand up. And very brave. Keep it cool. There's guy with his hand over there. Okay. Um, so are the chapters from the point of view of Bodega and other characters, or just Bodega, or how's it work? Um, there's a there's a very big chapter that's not from his point of view at all, and I think there are other points in the book that aren't really anything that he can see. 
but most of it is, you know, it being called Bodega, uh, the book, it would be kind of weird if he was like, hey, it's me again, remember me from chapter three? We haven't seen him, so yeah, it's mostly him, but I try to do the rest of the crew as well sometimes. Okay, thank you. Yeah, good answer, that's right. Yeah, stick to the script, Flax. (laughs) Sorry. What script? Well, there isn't a script. So, can we talk about how I messed up and didn't lift left in the bonus chapters? Yeah, so there are two <laughs> chapters in here that the editor was like, cut those. I was like, oh yeah, and he explained why, and I was like, yeah, that's a really good point. And then I sent Lewis the final version where I made all the changes that the editor had suggested I'd made. Except he didn't cut the chapters out. Because I didn't know how to use... The thing Word. that you sent me, I, I'm crap with words. So I just put a note saying, yep, fine, cut these. And I thought they would handle it. So like, Lewis I just did. looked at it, changed some spelling mistakes, and then sent it off. <laughs> so there's two chapters in there that aren't really related to the story at all. They're just like short stories that you could just stand alone. One of them is set on a planet that Reed and Bodega turn up to in the sort of break that there is in the book before Nebish reveals his plan. And then one of them is about a young bodega and how it's his first combat experience, and that was it. Nice. And the, the editor was like, yeah, cut those. I was like, okay. But now they're just in. It's more value. Yeah, more value. You've got yeah. free two, ch- two free chapters. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I feel a bit bad because he, he was like, oh, you know, it keeps the flow better. But I was like, oh, I, I don't think it's important. I thought, I, I thought they were all right. I thought they were all right. That's why I put him in there. Yeah. Then he probably knows what he's doing. No, it's not a conventional. You're not. A, you, this is your first foray into this. You're you're quite new. Yeah, it's true. Um, and the person who was the professional editor was my cousin. So you know we've. He was kind of great just, though. We've kind of just done it a little bit. He gave me the nicest comments. He'd be like, "This was great." Laughed out loud at this bit and stuff like that. I was like, "Wow." Yeah. Lewis is just like, "Yeah, all right. Yeah, we could do a bodega." Sips <laughs> <laughs> is just asleep when I'm reading it. <laughs> I would have edited it. No problem. It's fine. Yeah, Peter Pennywhacker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suddenly an exciting new character. Find replace Bodega with Peter Pennywhacker. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been Peter funny. Pennywacker. Replace Mega Vape with Afro. Yes. Afro. Yeah. yeah. I'll think about it. Think about it. I'll yeah. think about it. Your people. Do we have another question? Hey guys. Hello. So previously, before we found out that Bodega is a haired man. And I was just wondering if, in the book, we get like a really good physical description of Bodega at any point. No, that's something I haven't really done. Is like I'm very bad at describing what the people look like in the book for some reason. I don't know why. Because I said to the editor, I'm like reading back through this, I haven't actually described the characters very much at all. And he was like, "Yeah, don't worry about it. Most people just fill in the blanks anyway." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> like I've got an idea of what he looks like, and I could." put that in the book but I guess everybody's got their idea of what he looks like if you leave it too long though and people develop their own idea of what he looks like they'll be disappointed when you finally do a reveal of what that was the other thing I thought there's already people have already done fan art and stuff so I don't want to ruin it by saying no actually you know is it like the radio DJ you know you always get disappointed when you see them in real life yeah I guess he is yeah like Terry Wogan no. Who's disappointed to see Terry Wogan? It was suave. Every time I saw him, I was disappointed. Oh, monster! I'm just joking. I love Terry. Yeah. You know, um, well, this is why he's on the cover as this shadow, right? Yeah, we oh. know he's a kind of a space cowboy. Probably wears a cowboy hat. I always think of him as you with a hat. No, he's not like me at all. Oh. He's thin and cool and strong. 
Do you think he'd be old or young? I, I don't. I mean, he's clearly not young. No. He's been around the block. Right. But he's obviously not. He's not past it. No, he's no. not past is, 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 is he, is he I'm thinking Clint Eastwood in his prime, that kind of grizzled, but, you know. like Randy that. Quaid. Definitely not like Randy Quaid. Okay, sorry. So he's just, just on the, over the edge of his prime. I would say, you know, do you remember Clint Eastwood in Dirty Harry? Yeah. yeah. He was like getting on a little bit. A little bit. But he still was Dirty Harry, right? Yeah. Still Dirty Harry. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't like some young kid, but equally he wasn't like an old man. He was grizzled enough that he was but still good. Cynical, grizzled, but still good. Clint Eastwood yeah. in, in the line of fire was probably pushing it. That was too old. That was he's too not old. in the line of fire, old. he's too yeah. old. Yeah. Or Unforgiven, that's too old. Yeah, that would be subsequent bodega books. We'd be getting towards old man bodega. That's like a hundred years old now. I'm not even joking. Yeah, Clint Eastwood is really old. Yeah. He was yeah. directing films, wasn't he? Didn't he do one with a horse in it? Horse. Did Clint Eastwood direct a film with a horse in it? Yeah. Yes. That's my question. I'm going to go with have yes. An answer for me. Uh, I, think he dire- I think he directed Unforgiven. He did Might Unforgiven. Have written it, but I think he he directed did The Million Dollar he's Baby. Mil- he's done loads of movies. He did um, Sully. He did Sully. That. He did um, Gran-, Gran Torino, I think, was yeah, his. Gran Torino. I, I think like, the, the old Space Western is a big inspiration. I mean, <clears> Star Wars definitely has a lot of that Space Western feel to it. Yeah. Um, with the gun on the hip and everything. I mean, yeah. that's very. You know, space opera, space cowboy kind of thing. Yeah, and I like that. I like <coughs> and I Firefly, I really like Firefly. You find that like space and sci-fi stuff does fall into these categories of like, sometimes people treat spaceships like submarines, you know, and they have this kind of, or, or like pirate ships, they have this like ship mentality to them where you're isolated and other people are more, um, like, like Futurama's more wild and bonkers and kind of crazy sci-fi. I like the different choices, and it feels like Bodega's, there's a mix. It's a whole mix of all, all bits of it. You've yeah. Got, you've got this room enough in the Bodegaverse for, and deliberately so, to have this universe of wonders. Um, yeah, it's, like, not, it's not like Star Trek, where it's all kind of clean and defined. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing like money or stuff like that, you know. There's just l- latinum, which the Ferengi are always after. Latinum. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's more... If I think of something that I want to put in it, there's no strict <laughs> rules, so I can just chuck it in. Yeah, nice. that's a good answer. That was a good. That was yeah, thanks. A, a good question. Answer. That was a top top. Yeah. Do we have any other questions? Boom. Lots of hands <laughs> going up. See, so it takes a few brave bodega style pioneers to break the question boundary, and then suddenly everybody's. I know there's tons now. What yeah. the hell? Hi. So um, you mentioned that obviously Stellaris had played a point in inspiring part of your description in the book. So are there any other video games or even movies that have played like a big part in helping you write this? Or um, video games? I mean, movies and books. Like pretty much name any sci-fi, and I've probably watched it. Right? I mean, I love it, but yeah, you've watched Red Dwarf and yeah, all that stuff. Like. Okay. Any anything sci-fi-ish, I probably watched it at some point, and then some of it's probably been stolen and shoved in the book. More recently, it would probably be Stellaris, right? I mean, I play a lot of Stellaris, and there's certainly I, I I do think it's weird that everything in Stellaris you all start from pretty much the same point, and I'm like, what are the chances of that? You know what I mean? That we all have FTL at the same point? Because you'd bump into some guys that are like way behind. Yeah. You should bump into some guys that are way ahead, and Stellaris does kind of have that, but I always turn it off. I just want it all to be even. Right. So, yeah. That's a bit cheaty to me, but... It's not cheaty. No. It's in the game. It's not cheating. I haven't put my game genie in. Oh, no, yeah. It's my yeah. codes. Good point. Yeah. Good point. 
No, you, I mean, you must have seen so many sites. Do, do you worry that, like, that, you know, we forget, obviously, what we've talked about on the Trifles podcast last week, you know? Do you worry that, like, you played or watched, like, some sci-fi thing ten years ago and you're unintentionally ripping it off or something? There's literally a chapter in there where I explain, I apologise for doing exactly that. Right. I think that happens a lot, though. Well, there was a, there's a Charlie Brooker episode. Uh, you know Black Mirror? Yeah. yeah. So there's an episode in that where a guy gets stuck in, an, in a sort of egg and time passes incredibly slowly for him. It sort of sucks his brain into this thing. It's like a prison. And you're in there for years, but only a few minutes pass outside. And that kind of happens in there. But I hadn't seen that episode of Black Mirror at that point. So, so then, you, like, came up with the idea for that. Yeah, but his was way better. Like, the way he did it right. was way better. Mine was just kind of, it, well, it's yeah. daggerish. It's hard to tell sometimes if you are sort of, like, drawing inspiration from something you've seen or not. Right? But I, I hadn't seen it, and people pointed out to me. I was like, what do you mean there was a Christmas episode of Black Mirror? <laughs> and everyone was like, go and watch it. So I found it. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I remember this. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Because, I mean, that must, must happen all the time. You know, I'm constantly seeing people's ideas and thinking they were my ideas it's just part of can't avoid it yeah when we were doing the pub quiz yesterday you know the quote thing with like the true or false you just put true for everything it's like oh that yeah, sounds you, like a good one it must remember. have been me <laughs> 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 it's hard to remember like what you've said or seen throughout your life but yeah, yeah it's sure. funny because sometimes people in the audience know things we've said way better than us and, yes and they'll, they'll say oh do you remember when you said this and I'm like I can't remember saying that at all yeah I have no recollection really fresh in their mind so I worry a lot that we when we tell our anecdotes we tell them differently every fucking time and I try not to do that but I, I have done that to a friend of mine told like I do this to my mate all the time I'm telling him a story and he's like I was there and it, that's not how it happened and I was like oh yeah no I've been telling loads of other people this story and I was telling him wrong this whole time. Yeah, he's like, I, I was there, that's not how it went down. Then he tells me the correct version, but that version still doesn't stick. Mm. I've still got the wrong version in my head. We live in this imperfect like, world where you just have to kind of roll with it, you know? It's like, you know, it's like a lot of history and a lot of stories that we're told about history are obviously written by the victors, and it's not necessarily... You know, a lot of stuff is pieced together. Yeah. Like I was looking at that picture of William Shakespeare yesterday. Everyone thinks it's him, but I think it's just a random fucking guy. They Could just be like, some dude. I think but now that's Shakespeare. I don't think. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, that's a that's an off-topic thing. Has anyone got another question? Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, so, for people like me and Sips who like picture books, would you consider doing a bodega comic? Um, Come on, it, it lends I itself so well. Yeah. I would love to. Yeah. Um, I know some some people out there have done like taken bits from the the podcast episodes and drawn and sort of put the dialogue in and stuff. I mean, I, I love comics. I read comics all the time. Yeah. Um, I always have. I've got piles and piles of them at home. In fact, Judge Dredd is probably one of the biggest influences for Bodega in a way, as this kind of mysterious. You don't really know what he looks like unbeatable character with a ridiculously strong gun but I guess I've just kind of realised basically Judge Dredd in space (laughs) (laughs) shit but without the law so he's like the the anti-Dredd you know what I mean he's he's like a lawless bandit whereas Dredd is all about the law but I loved Judge Dredd when I was a kid so yeah I would love to do a comic no, yeah, I, I, there was some guy contacted me about doing some comics actually and I was I was thinking I was really thinking strongly about I think how, how cool it is like it's just as a, a thing to have you know yeah uh, they're such a cool medium really fun I love them I really I mean I've got piles and piles of them at home I buy them 
Every month I'm off to the comic book shop and there's one in Richmond near me and I'm always spending way too much money in there. It's weird, but yeah, I, I just never stopped buying them, so we should do a comic, actually. Yeah, I mean, comics were a big part of my childhood as well, you know, buying the Beano every week was something I was really excited about. The Beano. About. Yeah. Yeah. Beano. You had a lot of Beanos. I, I had loads, back when they were 8p. Whoa. That's how much the Beano was. It's like five quid now or something ridiculous. You could get like a fruit, couple of fruit salads and a... And a uh, With my 20p pocket money, Spizzler. I could get the Beano and 12p's worth of sweets, which was a surprisingly large number yeah, of sweets. Just like chomps and fudge. Yeah. All, yeah. The, all the cheapos. What a world. What a world. What a world. What a world. Time. So, so yes to comic? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. We need to find the right well artist. Done. But yeah, sure. I'd do one. How was your experience of writing your first book? And were there any difficulties or roadblocks that you came across? It was horrible. <laughs> and... Uh, scary and nerve-wracking because I thought it would be horrible and crap. People and would judge you. I, I just—I've never written anything before, so I didn't set aside time. I wasn't. There was no discipline. I didn't sit down and say I'm going to write X amount of words a day and I'm going to be really consistent and everything. So I just wrote when I felt like it and spent a lot of time thinking about stuff to put in it and then panicking that it wasn't any good and everything. So there was a lot of. It was really quite scary. Um, but now it's actually once the editor read it and said yeah I like it I was like okay thank god now that you've done it do you have like a writing corner in your house with like good luck trinkets all over the place and, like your <laughs> no. special pen and no it's, it's not been the smoothest road for you I mean no. you're not a you're not someone who's been trained to write before you've never done it for a living um, and but you you had a lot of ideas that you wanted to get on paper and I think you did it very well I think the, the, the book does feel like it's in your voice and it's quite, it's, it's like it's being read out by you. And I think it works with a little bit of stylistic tidying up, which me and Rich did. Yeah, thank God for um, people that know how grammar and punctuation... Just because, just because I, I think it reads pretty nicely now. Um, I think, like, for you, like, it was, it was a, a thing that, in a way, it's good, right, that you only did it when you felt like doing it. You didn't, you didn't have to force yourself to do it. Uh, but I think that that does sometimes work better. I think you got bored of it at one point and gave up for about a month. Yeah, I did. Came back to it. And then you got bored again for about three months. And then I was like, have you finished it? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, do you want to just put the bookend on it? And like, I literally ran out of stuff to put in it. I was like, I can't think of anything else to put in it. I don't know where to go from here. I wrapped up the, the main story I wanted to do. Yeah. And so you just bookended it, sent it over. But we had this big delay because it was like, you were like, you didn't really want to work on it, but you you weren't sure whether you needed to change it and you were like very umming and ahhing and I was just like fucking send it to me and we'll, we'll deal with it and yeah yeah it was a bit of a strange process um, I think it would be easier if I, if I did another one I would know much better I think it was more mentally healthy I think like a lot of authors are given deadlines and they expected to do it in time yeah god that would suck and we were like you know it was it, there wasn't any pressure on you it, it wasn't a high pressure thing you didn't feel like you had to do it you just did it because you wanted to. It came out like quite naturally. Uh, sounds like you're doing a really nice poo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm thinking about doing one right now. Actually. <laughs> a real nice one. I think no. I think overall, like it's been a positive process for you mentally. I think because that can be a, a big a problem. You know, the worst part was that obviously at the moment, like the way it was written, was a series of short stories that vaguely tied together. Some of them didn't even have anything to do with each other. So to suddenly have to take that and then fill a book with them, it's like it had to stay in the same vein. This was another problem because we wanted to put all the podcast transcripts of all the stories in the front and we didn't want to change them. And uh, as a result, like it was like, well, do we just tidy up the grammar and stick them in there, which is what we ended up doing. 
because um, the story that the Pyrrhon's written kind of picks up from the podcast, so they kind of need it. Yeah, because not um, everyone's going to have listened to the podcast that might read yeah, it, right? So some people might, but it's been a long time since we read them out on the podcast. It's a good chance that, because they were a weekly serialized And like thing. over two years ago now or something yeah. like that. I don't, and I don't think it's actually, I didn't, when I was reading them through, I didn't, I wasn't like, it felt like I was reading them for the first time, so it wasn't like... Okay. Even though I'd heard them before, I wasn't like super familiar with good with it, and it was a different experience. So yeah, I think that was all. I think that was all good. Is there any more questions, or have we got any more time? Are we getting? Are we allowed to carry on? I think we've got time for one more question, maybe. Hey, yeah. Uh, Hello. Uh, so your characters have got very strong personalities. Did you ever find out you were reenacting them when you're writing? <laughs> I did. I do feel like when I'm reading them voices, I kind of try to. Like, if it's Rab, I try and, like, look like an ogre, I guess. Yeah. Or Bodega's just kind of cool. But, yeah, I, I, I like the... I don't know. I feel like I, the characters are mainly dialogue. There's not really any description of I noticed them. that when you were reading the, uh, the robot guy uh, stuff, you tried to, like, box yourself up like a... Well, I was meant to be looking down at Rab, like, who's on the floor. But, yeah, yeah he's kind of robot a little robot, yeah. Yeah, it is weird. You kind of get into the, you get an idea of what they're like in your head the problem is you've got to then put that down on the page so that other people can get that yeah. idea as well but yeah um, I'd, I'd like to flesh out the characters a bit more because at the moment they're just kind of like following Bodega around and doing stuff but I think uh, yeah that's for another book maybe yeah absolutely yeah. Short, you should do a short stories book that where they're not all tied together necessarily but that's really hard to do because if you're having the same characters and you're having a series of short stories, sometimes you want to see where something goes or something's been transformative for that character. Yeah. If it's just short stories like Star Trek, yeah. it's like, yeah, that works for a while, but eventually you want to know, you want to see these characters changing and you want a thread that runs through it all. Yeah. And that's basically what it is. It's like a series of short stories, but they have a continuous thread running through them that goes somewhere. Mm. But I'd like to see if I could just write one that's like a regular book. You know what I mean? Where it's like a beginning and a middle and an end and it's one story and it's big and stuff Yeah, happens. but I mean, God, there's only so many hours in a day. I mean, you've got to do a podcast once a week. And Streaming, like, looking after the kids, I know. Yeah. You have to take on the Peter Pennywacker franchise now. Exactly. Yeah, you've got to work the Peter crossover coming up and stuff. It's going to be hard. But uh, I'd like to try it. I mean, geez. Yeah. All right, we can get some more questions. Apparently, we've got some more time, so let's keep going. Uh, hello. Uh, really quick one. Just how about how much book is there? Um, how long is it? Let's have a look. So how much are the podcasts? So the podcast takes you up to there. So it's slightly over half again is new stuff. And then the other stuff is reprints of the podcast stuff. And uh, you know what? One of the main reasons I wanted to put the originals in there as well, because a lot of people do fan fiction, unlike do their own bodegas, right. and they spell all the aliens wrong and all the things, so I was like, we've got to get some canon here for the Bodega Wiki. But you spelled them differently in every other chapter. But you're going to recheck that and fix it for me, Lewis. I did fix it, yeah. yeah. So it should be consistent now. I don't have, like, a sheet next to where I write with all the correct spellings of Spalupian and stuff like that. <laughs> I should have. Nice. Well, that's, that's a good question. Yeah. All right, next. Hi. Um, Tom Clark expressed, like, a real interest in doing a short film. Would you, be, would you work with him and do a Bodega one? Never. Yeah, I, I mean, hate Tom yeah, Clark. Yeah, yeah, me too. No, of course I would. No. Yeah, of course I would. Love Tom, but yeah, it would be funny. We could do all kinds of stuff with it, really, whatever. But yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it's definitely something I'd, I'd like you guys would like to do it, or? Uh, what, 
Well, we, we would just be the guys, the Muppets in the looking gallery, like, laughing yeah. at you. We'd what, be, like, in the canteen. What are they called, those guys? Doing the music and stuff. Oh, the uh, two old guys. Waldorf. Yeah, yeah. Statler and Waldorf, yeah. Well, no, it's not going to be the Muppet show, but with Bodega. What do you think it's going to be? That would be good, though. Well... No format's been decided yet, so it's still good. It's true. It's up to Tom, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe Tom has a vision for... Yeah, look, we'll let the director Muppet handle all that. I think yeah. it's time to bring Muppets back. I think it's time to bring the Muppets back, too, actually. I'm, I'm ready. It's like a cycle. You know, every, like, ten years, Muppets get bigger again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the Muppets. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon that'll be all right. Muppets in Space, have they done that yet? Yeah, they have. Yeah. Oh, okay. Multiple times, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, did, they did. They had pigs in space, which is... Yeah, that's the it. They had that segment, sketches. didn't they? Yeah. Pigs... Well, you know. What was the name of the, the... It was Miss Piggy was there, and then it was Ham something was the captain of the, the ship that the pigs in space were on. I can't remember what it was called. Get your phone out. All right. Can we, I think we've got one more question. We've got one more question. We've got one minute. One more. Hi. Hello. Hi. Did you listen to any particular music while you were writing, or do you recommend listening to anything while we're reading? <laughs> no, I didn't, but I like the idea of people putting on some special bodega music. Yeah. Really, like, gangster rap from the, the, the late 80s, early 90s, I think, would really, yeah. It can like be that. quite inspirational to, to kind of have that going. I, would, I mean, I, when I'm doing something where I have to concentrate, I just put Spotify on and just let it play, like, suggestions. I just go to Your Daily Mix or whatever and just run it for, like, however, you know, it just starts going on to other songs it thinks of that you might like. You have to find things that work for you, I think, that are not noisy enough to distract you. Yeah. Not, like, moody enough to, like, put you in the wrong mood for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's motivational, but not, like, making you want to take a jog. Yeah. Just some yeah. low-octane clown music or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not too exciting, but, you know, sets the mood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Makes you think about Ferris wheels. And That's it, yeah. It's a, yeah it's merry go rounds. Yeah, it's a coincidence. I make love to the same type of music. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so nothing really specific, but um, I just stick Spotify on. That was pretty much it. Nice. Oh, my God. Well, there we go. That is, that is time. Thank you, everyone. Thank you very much for coming. for coming. Thank you. See you soon. Let's go. Thank you. Thanks. See you later.